0: I think they always tell us. I just think we need to learn to see the signs.
1: Hi, I'm Jane. And I'm Christina. This is Legion of Dogs. Your free resource for multi-dog living. Here with us today, we have Gail Beerman. Gail, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Hi, I have quite a varied background. I have a degree in education and then further degrees, master's in curriculum development and a degree in visual arts. So I do find though that all of those things can come together in my dog training and in my breeding activities too. So everything helps. I've had dogs all my life. I often have different breeds and sizes of dogs. I enjoy different temperaments. I enjoy, I think, learning along with my dogs. And so the different breeds allow me to learn even more, maybe. Um, what breeds have you had? I've had a Lab, a Miniature Poodle, American Cocker, another Lab, a Whippet, Chinese Cresteds. Uh, now I have two Standard Poodles and a Tibetan Terrier. And I didn't ever think... I would trial my dogs. I love training, but I wasn't really thinking I was competitive and therefore wanted to avoid it. I had to be really talked into trialing in agility. Before that, I had trialed a bit in obedience and rally obedience. But once I started trialing in agility, I kind of got hooked. And I've also trialed in freestyle, rally free and scent work. I find that the trialing really helps me set my goals for myself. And also for my dogs.
2: Awesome. So when did you first have more than one dog?
0: (laughs) When I was between seven and nine years old, I lived in Hawaii. And while I lived in Hawaii, we had other pets because I couldn't be without pets. So we had turtles and mice in Hawaii. But uh, the big thing was I begged my parents for my own dog. And so when we got back from Hawaii, I got my own uh, miniature poodle at the age of nine. So she was my dog. We then got, I think a year after uh, we got her, we then got a lab as well. So I've always had multiple dogs and I love having multiple dogs.
2: Definitely a lifestyle choice.
0: (laughs) Well, sometimes it's not easy. I mean, if I think of my Chinese Cresteds or my Whippet, uh, you could have six of them and it's no big deal. But two standard poodles is worth, you know, Probably ten Chinese Cresteds. <laughs> um, there are a lot more dogs, so it depends on the breeds you you choose to put together and and acquire. How
2: do your current dogs get along?
0: They're all females. One uh, is a twelve-year-old Spade female. The other two are younger. When we got the second Standard Poodle, we also had Chinese Cresteds at the time, so we had. Two Chinese Cresteds, my daughter's Papillon, my other daughter's Chinese Crested, and then I got another Standard Poodle, at which point my daughter with the Chinese Crested said, that's it, I'm moving out. So she thought we were crazy. It was an interesting addition because the Chinese Cresteds would not play with the Standard Poodle. They were a little older, I think maybe seven and eight years old when we got the Standard Poodle and they thought she was too much dog. And she was, she was, she was big and, and crazy. So we got the second standard poodle, and those two became inseparable. They, especially the youngest one, loved the older dog, so much so that I worried that if anything happened to the older dog, well, by this time that Chinese Crested's had died of old age. And I really worried that the younger standard poodle, whose name is Lyra, would be really devastated at the loss of her buddy. I had seen that with my uh, lab and my whippet years ago. They were very bonded. And when my lab died, my whippet was so depressed, she did not want to come out of her crate for three months. We knew we had to get her another dog. Um, yeah it was it was very sad and I didn't want to see that happen to my younger standard poodle so of course that was a good reason to get another dog Um, (laughs) and so the question was how do they get along everybody wants to be Lyra's friend so Lyra is very bouncy she's she's a very energetic standard poodle she loves to run she loves to be chased so the tibetan terrier that i got really bonded to her loves her but if you ask lyra she would tell you that the older standard poodle is her best friend so it's kind of interesting they each like lyra best the older standard poodle and the tibetan terrier don't really play ever but the tibetan terrier does appeasement. Behaviors to her all the time. She wants her attention, but she actually plays better with the with the younger standard poodle.
1: And do you think bringing home the Tibetan terrier did that achieve your help you achieve that goal? Do you feel
0: better now if Kalia, your older one? Yes, definitely. I do. I think now, if well, when because the other one is, I can really see her slowing down now. When she dies, my. Younger standard poodle, I believe will be okay. It's not that she won't miss her, but she won't mourn her and be so, so depressed as my whip it was.
2: Do you think there's any sort of intervention you could have done sooner so that dogs wouldn't be as bonded? I probably could have. I didn't
0: know at the time. Maybe I didn't know how I could do that. Now I think, yes, there are other things I could do. I could have probably taken them out separately uh, more often yeah I probably could have just separated them more often and done things with them separately I didn't do that very much with those two so they were pretty much at home in the yard on walks together
2: yeah I made I made that mistake once (laughs) that's (laughs) why I'm asking like would you do it different I don't know if I would though because I keep so many dogs now I don't know if it's big of a deal
0: well now even when I train my dogs I do like well I don't take the older one to train anymore but I do like to take (laughs) all the dogs possible to go and train so I do right right now for the last couple weeks I've been taking the two younger ones and then of course I need another dog so I stop and get my daughter's puppy who's the Puppy of my poodle, and I take him and train him as well. So I like dogs to learn to take turns. And I think that's a huge part of the training that I enjoy achieving with my dogs. Even that kind of thing could be helpful in helping to make dogs not as dependent on each other.
2: That makes total sense. Did you find when you first brought your Tibetan Terrier puppy home that you had issues with your senior dog and having to separate them at all?
0: None. I think for me, I watched my Tibetan terrier in the breeder's home. I flew to Regina to pick her up and spent the day with the breeder in the breeder's home. I watched how the litter of puppies all interacted with her older dogs. And I really believe that because her old, she has probably uh, six adult dogs in the house. And those dogs had pretty free access to the puppies after they were about maybe six weeks old, maybe not free access, but certainly access. And the puppies were very used to being respectful to those adult dogs. I watched that in the breeder's home. I knew that my puppy would probably come with that ability when I walked into the house. So I got back actually Oh, gosh, quite late. Well, I'd flown to Regina for the day. So I probably got back at 10pm with the full thought that I would have the puppy in the kitchen only and the other dogs wouldn't be there. And I would make it all easy. I walked in the house, everybody was wagging their tails, I put the puppy down, she was awesome. Like, I have never really had to worry about even just adding the little dog to the big adult dog situation. And I think it's because my adult dogs were very used to other dogs in their home as well. My daughters always brought their dogs over and you know, because we'd already always had multiple dogs. I just, although I anticipated I might have some problems, I did not have any problems at all. Same as adding that standard poodle puppy to the mix of the other four dogs that I had in my house at the time. She just walked in and she was very respectful of the other dogs. I watched, of course, very carefully to see the response of the older standard poodle always ready that if she needed her space I would allow her to leave the room or have her space in her crate and not allow the puppy to access her but all she had to do was make a little gesture or noise and the puppy just backed off and was like awesome so I didn't really worry about it pretty much ever except (laughs) except when the poodles were playing in the yard and they were getting wild then I would be careful of the of the little puppy, you know, wanting to get in the middle of the play. But I still allowed her to be in the yard and play with the big dogs because my poodles are quite aware of their bodies and I wasn't really worried that they would plow into her. So it worked out well.
2: I think you brought up kind of an interesting point because I experienced this with my litter too. When you have other dogs in your home that you can introduce your litter to I think that the puppies themselves learn really awesome dog skills when they go to their new homes. Now, when you had your two litters recently, did you find they blended into homes with other dogs?
0: Yes. And I believe it was for that reason. When I had each litter, I expected the mom to tell me what she needed in terms of privacy and space. And so I did allow her that privacy and space for probably with the poodle puppies for the first two weeks. Um, I didn't really allow the other dogs to come too close, but they could walk by. And after the first couple of days, they could walk by the whelping pen. And as long as they didn't stop and kind of lean in, it was okay. With the Tibetan terrier litter, I had her in a totally different space in my house for a couple of reasons. One, it was really hot. And so I moved them to a downstairs cooler space, but it was also very private. And at the age of about just almost three weeks, I knew I had to bring them upstairs and give them more access to the other dogs and just things going on. It was too quiet. So yes, I did. After the age that the mom was okay with it, I did allow my other dogs to be around the puppies and to... Just be in the space where the puppies were. I let my moms tell me if it should be in the uh, play pen area, or if it should be outside, or where it should be. But they they usually told me. One of the really cute interactions was my the daughter that took one of my standard poodle puppies has a disabled Chinese crested, and that little dog would tell those puppies like, leave me alone. Don't bug me. Don't jump on me. And they listened to her. It was so cute. They were like almost the same size as her and she could walk around and just be a little diva and they would go, Oh, it's her. I better leave her alone. So it was really (laughs) cute. (laughs) One of the challenges that I'm facing now is my lovely neighbor has really created a difficult situation with my middle standard poodle. And so I have to be very careful not to let her reactions to him and his dog become a part of my other dog's reactions. So for example, if she sees him or hears him or smells him, she barks and goes crazy at that fence. So one of my main challenges has been to deal with the other dogs first, I call them in, they come into the house, and then I can deal with her. So that's been kind of an ongoing challenge for oh gosh
2: a long time reactive at your fence line.
0: Oh yeah. Well, she's reactive not just at the fence line because he likes to play with his dog right on the corner of the sun deck that my dog's can see. And so it's not just the fence line, it's anything to do with him in his yard. Yeah. She she has a problem with with that. So Yeah. That's been my main challenge. And with puppies, it was, it was an interesting challenge too, because I didn't want those puppies to experience that. So I would take them to the opposite side of my yard and try and keep them over there and her over there. So luckily I have a big yard, so I did have some choices.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did you find that her reactivity got better or worse with having puppies or stayed kind of the same?
0: interesting her reactivity is very dependent on how often he's out in his yard so I think luckily when I had the puppies he wasn't out there very much maybe it was because it was very hot and he hasn't been very well and so I think there were a number of things that luckily made it better plus I didn't have the puppies in the part of the yard that you see right now very much I had them in different sections. So I think that helped her too. So yeah, I haven't, I would say while I had the puppies here, so for four months, it was actually not too bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so with the puppies all off in their new homes now, and you've allowed Lyra the freedom of the yard again, are you seeing an increase in her reactivity?
0: Again, very dependent on how much he is out. So right now he's away. I believe it's much better. So she doesn't, she doesn't make a noise if he's not out there. I'd say no, I haven't noticed an increase.
2: From kind of a training perspective, when we think about having one dog with reactivity and two other ones that don't have it, you're choosing to call, we'll call them the calmer dogs in first. Yes. Why did you go with that strategy?
0: I didn't want to escalate their behaviors to the scale that hers was on. And I found that if I left the other two out, they, the, if they got involved in the fence reactivity or just in the sort of vigilant behaviors that she was doing, that could increase her behavior as well. So if I took them out of the picture, it helped her a lot. Especially if she could see them getting treats. (laughs) Well, it's interesting though, because when she's in that state, of course, she can't, she can't hear, she can't see, all she sees is red. So that wasn't even my motivation so much as just taking them out of the picture and then I could deal with her. Do you think that if you did that routinely, that the trigger of
1: Lyra barking would then cue the other dogs to run in or are you always yes. having to call
0: them? Yes, it does. Excellent. They they come in, and they come in because it's like, oh yay, she barked and we get a treat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wonderful. They love it.
2: <laughs> well, Gail, there is hope because I have that same situation going on and my reactive dog now is almost the fastest one in. Awesome. It just awesome. took a couple years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she's getting better. I used to have to go right down to her level and almost get in her path for her to be able to see me. Now, if she sees me, she can then go, "Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that, that you're there. I can come now." So, yes, she is improving in that way. <laughs> I can't train him, at least I'll just train my dogs. Most people might not know
1: what the purpose behind the Standard Poodle is, or the purpose behind the breeding of the Tibetan Terrier. Can you tell us a little bit about what each breed was bred to do and how that might impact any enrichment or training decisions
0: you make at your house? Standard Poodles were originally hunting dogs. They are very active. They're very used to working with and working for their person. They are very in tune and connected with their people. I find them very interesting to work with because they can pick up on things very quickly, but they also have what people call a sense of humor. So you have to be ready to really humble yourself sometimes with a standard poodle because they'll make you look really ridiculous too. They're awesome dogs to live with and work with. A number of people choose a standard poodle because they want a big dog, but they want a dog that they feel is hypoallergenic and won't shed, which is the case for most people with standard poodles. So a lot of people like to live with them, but they don't really understand that some lines of standard poodles are very, very active and not easy dogs to live with. Other lines and other dogs, some dogs are are very calm and very awesome, standard poodles. Uh, So you get, there's quite a variety. So talking to the breeder and really finding that dog that has the temperament that uh, works for the family that wants that dog as a part of their family is really, really important with the standard poodles. The Tibetan terriers are a very different breed than the standard poodle. The tibetan terrier is a really interesting dog i call them quirky they're very mine at least is very happy but they can get quirky about things for example i had my tibetan terrier in a rally trial and there were some weird noises from a room that she couldn't see what was happening, but she could hear these banging noises and that freaked her out. It was quite interesting to have to work through that with her. But in the same trial, I had the standard poodle and she didn't even notice the noises. She was just keen to work with me and it didn't even affect her. So I would say in choosing a breed, it's really important to to understand what that dog was bred to do. If that's something that you are interested in, like the hunting dog, are you interested in going for walks? Are you wanting to be active with your your dog? Do you love training? Do you love um, a dog that that wants to be with you all the time? Great. A standard poodle might be for you. But if you want a lap dog, don't expect your Tibetan terrier to necessarily like being a lap dog because in my house, my poodles are my lap dogs, not my Tibetan Terrier. So, my Tibetan Terrier is very happy to be lying by herself in another room. Um, and then she'll come to us and uh, ask for attention, but she doesn't necessarily want to be patted. She just wants us to acknowledge her. Um, and that's kind of her way of, of uh, being a part of the family. I would say, though, that Tibetan terriers can fit into many families much more easily than a standard poodle could. So with my two litters, I didn't worry as much about the types of families for the Tibetan terriers because they're small. They're only 20 pounds. An older woman who might not be as steady on her feet would be great with a Tibetan Terrier, but may not be the right person for a standard poodle. I, I had families with young kids adopt both of the uh, breeds of dogs, but the standard poodle went to a family who was very used to big dogs. Uh, they'd had a Great Dane before that. And so they were very aware of the concerns with of a big dog with a very young child. So. It's, it's worked out great. I mean, the families have been very happy with their puppies. I keep in contact as much as I can with the
2: families. Do you find having intact dogs that go through heat cycles and things like that difficult to have as part of a multi-dog home?
0: No, I have not found it difficult at all. All the dogs I have had in my life have been intact females. Until the time that I've decided either I wasn't going to breed them or I didn't want to breed them anymore, or a health concern told me that I should spay them. So I have had intact females a lot. And I would say that the intact part of it is not as much of a concern as the temperament of the dog. My dogs now eat, I'd say within uh there's a space of about one meter along my counter space like on the floor and the three bowls are it within that one meter of space so i like my dogs to eat close together if they can do it when the papillon comes to visit i just say in your crate and she eats in her crate if i have my daughter's chinese Crested and standard poodle puppy come to visit they all eat in the kitchen but I have to make sure that they eat in a certain order. So I can give the Chinese crested and the poodle puppy their food. And then I quickly turn around and give my three their food because the Chinese crested will finish first and try to eat everybody else's. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think with each combination of dogs, I just have to assess what they need and then work with that. If I had another dog, introduced to the household, which I'm sure I will at some point, then I'll just see what that dog needs. I've got rooms that I can put a dog if they need to be there to eat or to have some space just to be on their own. Um, But I prefer if they can stay together as much as possible. They tend to learn how to give, give each other space if you allow them to do that. I think anyway.
2: Well, with your breeds, at least. <laughs> yeah, there, there's certain types of dogs that I wouldn't be as comfortable. Uh, yes,
0: that's true. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. definitely true.
1: But that says a lot about again going back to which breeds we're choosing. If we're, someone knows that they would like to have multiple dogs, standard poodles are very nice dogs. They're very they're able to tolerate a little bit more than some other breeds.
0: True. Each one, I think will tell you what they need when they need it and mm-hmm. you're right certain breeds of dogs um, would not do as well in a group dog setting if I go out for example I often will have um, five or six dogs here save for a weekend um, because I'll have my daughter's three dogs as well as my own three and I wouldn't go out and leave them all in the same room that would not be fair especially to the small ones So in that case, I might put the two smaller ones together and maybe put a big one or two in their crates and then leave two in the living room or whatever I think the dogs can handle.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's, I love that you keep saying the dog tells you what they need, whether you're talking about breeding your bitches or leaving them alone or feeding spaces. I love that you're listening to your dogs and looking for signs from them to for them to tell you if they're comfortable or if they're uncomfortable with certain things. I think that's so important when we have any dogs, but especially multiple dogs where where we might miss some of those signs.
0: I think that's very true. I um, was thinking when you were just saying that of an example, a few years ago, we were picking cherries from a tree and my daughter's Papillon was standing underneath the ladder waiting for fallen cherries. (laughs) And we didn't, pick up fast enough that she was worried about that and when another dog came in and got a fallen cherry she then turned on that dog and we should have noticed her behavior and what she needed before that I mean hey we could have given her a bowl of cherries off to the side but um, (laughs) or we could have we could have had her in a different area, not not by us at that point, but we missed it, and unfortunately, I think it was Kalia and Chloe that got into the scrap, and it, it was too bad because it was unnecessary. We we just didn't pay enough attention. I love how
1: you take responsibility for that for missing the dog signals. I think that's very yeah. admirable as a dog owner to take that stance and have that very kind viewpoint
0: I think they always tell us I just think we need to learn to see the signs but I think dogs will tell us um, if they're not happy living in a situation I think they'll tell us if they need to sleep in their crate as opposed to sleep on your bed right now I have one that sleeps in a crate and two that sleep on our bed and they're totally fine with that My husband felt it was mean not to let Lyra sleep on the bed too, but she was the one that got grumpy when another one would jump on or off. So, hey, that's all right. You go and have your little space all by yourself. And she was happy with that. So I I do think they they tell us if we learn to understand.
2: I think that's an awesome message, actually, to come out of this whole discussion. (laughs) 100%. How profound. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it.
1: And if you'd like more information, don't forget to check out our website, our Facebook group, our page, and our blog posts.